0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30 and you're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy, and uh, first up we have to say a very good morning to
1: Virginia. Hey, good morning, Virginia. Good morning. It was a lovely morning to walk in. I just thought, oh, this is fantastic. I just so like to have a bit of uh, sun that's <laughs> not yet hot. It's just beautiful. Spring in Melbourne, spring in Victoria. A bit of warmth on our
2: face and a bit of um, a bit of vitamin D. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's such a good feeling. It is. It's after wonderful after the cold winter.
1: <laughs> it was a cold. I felt it was a cold winter. I know everything's in the hottest.
2: Yeah, everyone says that at the end of winter, and yeah. they, but that's winter. Mm. That's winter.
1: I, th- I think from what I've heard is that the the days were quite warm, mm. but the nights were particularly cold, which reduced. The overall temperature, like the days were warmer than normal and the nights were colder oh, than normal. Interesting. And that's partly because there was less cloud cover in a lot of Victoria. You okay. See, a lot of Victoria is in drought, of course. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm no, wet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am wet.
3: Not, not wet at the moment, but I was. Yeah.
0: Okay, we have to say a very good morning to Chloe Foster. Hi, Chloe. Good morning, Pam. Thanks for having me in this morning. (laughs) No problem. It was so
2: nice coming down the freeway this morning and and having sun in my face and not pitch black. It made it really nice. I did
0: have balloons nearly in my face this morning. They were down very low when I started. Oh, the hot air balloons. The hot air
1: balloons, Ah, yes. Yeah, they're, they're... trotting through the valley, and they're so low, sometimes I can virtually see them from my bed. It's,
0: it's really very distracting if you're coming
1: down the mm. eastern freeway, and they're just right there yeah. in front of you. It's terrible, well, but Sometimes anyway. they take off and land in wandan One time I actually oh, right. saw them next to the road, oh. which really freaked yes. me. That was well, a morning I was coming down here. Well, I've
0: had a couple of them come down in Westerfolds Park, which is also yeah. very, very <laughs> distracting. <laughs> but anyway, it's a bit too close for comfort. I'd love to do it. Oh, I wouldn't. But, it would, would be so to... cold up there. I've got a slight problem with heights. Yeah, I'm not a fan of heights. Mm. Oh, I can't
2: wait.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that voice is, of course, the voice of Lucille Strachan, which means that, of course, the Growing Friends Plant Sale is coming up again next weekend. Hi, Lucille. Good morning,
3: Pam and everybody.
0: Yes, so, um, yeah, balloons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did my fair share of helicopter trips judging still gardens so I really don't
1: need a balloon (laughs) ride
0: yeah I would like to I think
2: you know you just just keep looking look ahead don't look down
1: (laughs) I remember my dad was flown by the ABC one time by helicopter to a Geelong game God only knows why but my dad broadcast the um, footy for the ABC the, a lot of the older people will remember him, Doug Hayward. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. was and he was flown one time. I, as I said, can't imagine why. And that was uh, he was must he? have been running late. <laughs> yeah, not no. my, not my dad. Not over the football. He, he okay. was yeah. dedicated to football, and he just loved it. He came home and said that was just so exciting because yeah. there weren't a, there, you know back then. I suppose it must have been the 60s rather than the 70s. Yes, probably. I mean, he didn't stop till well, till I think early 90s he stopped. Because mm-hmm. I remember when he stopped, because as soon as he stopped doing the footy, it meant he was available for Wimbledon. He came over and did Wimbledon mm. and would stay with me. So so I can remember when it happened. When he t- And, of course, when he started turning up to Wimbledon, it meant I started to be able to get tickets. Ah. Well, that <laughs> was, <a pretty> long <laughs> long. That was good. You. That
0: was very good.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, okay. Um, I'm going to start straight in on some community announcements because, um, as I've mentioned in the previous couple of weeks, with it being springtime, there is so much on. There really is. So I hope you haven't got uh, too many plans ahead because there's a lot coming up. First up, I should remind you all that um, Tesla's Tulip Festival, it's its last day today. So if you've been meaning to Fantastic. I'm so
3: pleased it's over. <laughs>
1: I can start going back there.
0: <laughs> well, if, if, if you've been planning to go and you haven't quite got there today, is your very last opportunity. So um, the address is 357 Monbock Road in Sylvan. Melway's address for that one is 123B5, and it's open 10 a.m. through till 5 o'clock uh, this afternoon, and 16-year-olds uh, <laughs> and under are free for that one. Now, uh, also a reminder that uh, Open Gardens Victoria have got the wonderful Bickley Vale Open Gardens today. Now, today is the only day it's opening, uh, 10 o'clock through till 4.30. Now, uh, all in all, there are eight gardens opening because it's a whole village of houses and uh, gardens. Um, so, entry is $25 for all eight gardens. Children under 18 are free. And, uh, of course, it's up in uh, Moorlbark. If you start off a uh, corner of Bickley Vale and Pembroke Roads in Moorlbark. Now, um, as well as the gardens, and, of course, these were all designed by Edna Walling, uh, you, uh, there are lots of other happenings in the different gardens at There's going to be a gourmet gourmet sausage sizzle and coffee and scones at Downderry. There'll be tea, coffee and cakes uh, at the barn, old wares stall at Downderry, cards and plants for sale at the barn, and textile art and crafts at Whistlewood. So all of that is happening today. If you've never been out to Bickley Vale Again, that is well worth while a visit. So well worth the trip. It's absolutely beautiful. Isn't isn't it? Absolutely beautiful. stunning. Yep. And to see some of Edna Walling's um, rock work. Yep. Yes.
2: Mm. And almost in sort of original condition as Mm. well.
1: I went there for the first time last year with the Secret Gardens of the Dandenongs. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. It is.
2: Yeah. They're, They're just stunning. I went there when I was at TAFE, so it's been a little while now. Um, but yeah, they're just beautiful. And mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I, I think most people know that I love Australian flora, mm. um, but the Edna Walling Gardens, just the layout, the design and all of the planting selection that she's that, that she's done there, these beautiful perennial garden beds and you just go round a corner of a garden and, you know, there's something new. They're just absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. So if you are, or, I mean, it's worth a trip up there, up to Merrill Park today if you're going to go. Um, or if you are in the area, stop by and have a look at them, because it's very rare that they're open. Yes, it is very rare they're yeah, open. Because, they, I mean, yeah, they're, very, they're private gardens. And they, they are. a lot of them. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. that's right. But but all the owners are committed to um, to keeping the whole um, uh, basic principle of Edna Walling's designs alive and well yeah. um, and maintaining them. So uh, it's well worthwhile seeing. Yeah. You've been there too, Lucille, have yes, you? Yes, I have.
3: Yep. Yes. Uh, not for a while now, a bit like you. But, um, yes, I have been, and they are beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Much enjoyed. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, something else that's on today, if you've got no <laughs> plans, uh, the Spring uh, Fair is taking place up at Cloud Hill, and there's going to be all sorts of free activities, including mini workshops on bo- uh, uh, well, today. It started yesterday. There'll be garden tours uh, at 11 o'clock and 2 p.m., There'll be fresh produce, preserves and demonstrations from stall holders, including Fowler's Vicola. Uh, there'll be pennies displayed from the legendary Ronnie Burkle and children's activities. Uh, now, the free mini walk- workshops include tips and tricks on growing tomatoes, perennial workshop, this goes with that, how to make preserved lemons, sensational sauerkraut, designing your spring garden with bulbs and growing dahlias. Now, entry, uh, Diggers Club members and under-16s are free. Visitors are $10. And, of course, uh, uh, Cloud Hill is up at 89 Alinda Monbulk Road in Alinda there. Okay, uh, other things coming up. Um, starting yesterday and running right through until Wednesday the 6th of November, uh, David and Meryl Johnson, have opened up their private garden at Country Farm Perennials. Uh, And well as the garden being open, they will also, of course, have plenty of plants there for sale. Uh, Now, as I say, uh, it's totally free entry, open 10 till 4 every day, as I said, running through until 6th of November. The... uh, There will be uh, tea and coffee with refreshments, including sandwiches, scones, homemade cakes and slices available for purchase on the weekends. Or you're invited to bring your own picnic any day of the week and picnic in the gardens. Now, Melway's uh, reference is map 6 to 8, B6. It's about a one and a half hour drive from Melbourne City via Monash and Prince's freeways. So uh, they do request, though, that uh, you please bring reusable bags or boxes if you're uh, intending to purchase plants. And, of course, the address of Country Farm Perennials is 96 Langs Road, spelt L-A-I-N-G-S, Langs Road in Nayok. Uh, if you uh, want a phone number in case you get lost, five six two eight. 4202 That's 5628-4202. Now, coming up on uh, the 19th of October, which is next Saturday, (coughs) there is the 40th Anniversary Spring Festival out at Kevin Hines Grove. Now, this is at 39 Weatherby Road in Doncaster. Entry is a gold coin donation. Uh, There'll be plants... um, top quality perennials, herbs, succulents, natives, fruit trees and vegetable seedlings in the nursery. There'll be roving refills where you BYO containers to stock up on locally made, environmentally friendly household products. There'll be homemade cakes and preserves, kids' corner with face painting, debbie teas, second-hand book sale and uh, uh, Kevin Hines Grow merchandise. There'll also be coffee cart, barbecue, jazz band, fresh flower stall and spring workshops on worm farming, waste and recycling, fruit tree pruning, compost and how to grow terrific tomatoes. So uh, bookings for the workshops are essential, $5 per person or $10 on the day and to book you have to go to uh, trybooking.com forward slash S four eight six eight three. So that's S four eight six eight three. If you'd like their phone number for more information, nine eight four eight three six nine five. Now coming up at Ripon Lee. Firstly, uh, they are having every Thursday in October uh, Tai Chi in the garden from nine thirty till ten thirty. Entry is via a gold coin donation. Uh, you get a scone and jam with a cup of tea at the end of the session. And uh, you can register by visiting the Ripon Lee website, which is simply AU. But also coming up on the 20th of October, they've got a huge event entitled Botanica. Uh, of course, uh, focusing on uh, botanical gardens and sustainability. Starts at 10am, finishes at 3pm on the grounds of Ripon Lee. It is a totally free event. And uh, some of the uh, points of interest, there'll be a huge plant sale, all grown by the estate gardeners. There'll be second-hand book sale focusing on gardens, paper sculpture exhibition on plants. Ikebana exhibition in the mansion, a bonsai display, food and wine, stalls, talks in the ballroom, including Clive Blasey, tours of significant trees on the estate, and uh, lots more. And as I mentioned, totally uh, free event for that one. And uh, Riponley Estate is at 192 Hotham Street in Elstonwick. So that would be also an excellent day to go out to. Uh, now, just uh, a few more I should mention. Also, 20th of October, and I think, Virginia, you know about this one, there's an Ivanhoe Festa taking place, um, 12 noon till 4 p.m. This is a, a community festa put on by the Ivanhoe Garden Club at the Belfield Community Garden, which is on the corner of Oriel Road and Banksia Street in Ivanhoe and uh they are going to be selling plants asian vegetable seedlings um honey local honey handcrafted soaps and cards knife sharpening sausage sizzle and pizza all sorts of craft demonstrations planting demonstrations in the community garden and a huge range of salvia plant sales because um The salvia group are going to be out there.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. I went to a talk the other day on salvias. Right. Can't take enough of it. You don't need to know any more about (laughs) salvia. What
2: don't you know about them? What did you learn? It
1: was interesting because she brought up a plant in the photos. I thought, oh, I don't know that one. Promptly got home and rang up Meg. (laughs) (laughs) It was lovely. But, yes, no, I enjoyed it. It was at the Alexandra Club, which I'd never been to before. All right. Mm. And um, the people there didn't know their salvias and were fascinated. Mm. (laughs) Right. Fantastic.
0: Um, Now... Also 19th and 20th of October, no, just, uh, sorry, where am I here? Just the 19th, one day only, 19th, Mornington Community Garden will have its annual open day. The venue there is Pine Reserve, Mitchell Street in Mornington. Entry is $2, children under 16 free. There'll be sales of seeds, seedlings, plants, um, which include vegetables, herbs, flowers and succulents, second-hand books and a DVD sale, morning and afternoon tea and sausage sizzle, free workshops, demonstrations and children's activities, a self-guided tool with a descriptive map. Uh, will walk you around the productive and inspirational 16-year-old garden planted and sustained by uh, members of the community garden and the local community. Uh, now, um, oh, I really must mention one more. And then I might come back to a few others. Uh, But um, another one I should mention because it's being held over several weekends. Uh, Firstly, the weekend of 19th and 20th, but then also the weekend of 26th and 27th. And then also open the long cup weekend of Saturday 2nd, Sunday the 3rd, Monday the 4th, and Tuesday the 5th. Now, this is Gardavelia. It's a festival of gardens. This runs every year, and they have approximately 20 private gardens of all types and sizes all open. Now, they're not all open each of those weekends. Um, What you really need to do is have a look at their full program. You can have um, a program booklet out. And if, if anyone's planning to go down to Country Farm Perennials, they will have the booklets there for you. Uh, but you can also go on, online, simply type in valia all one word, and you'll get the full program coming up. That will tell you which gardens are open on which weekends, but... Um, I don't know how they do this every year, but they have a phenomenal
1: number of really amazing gardens to see. It's extraordinary. I spoke to the Croydon Garden Club last Tuesday, and they're taking a bus load down. I'm not surprised, and, you, and they go every year. It seems. Yes, mm. and I think it is extraordinary what a fantastic Gippsland really can turn it on. Mm. They've mm. got wonderful gardens. They've mm. got some fabulous nurseries. And I guess they get some good rainfall too, exactly. which helps with the gardens <laughs> for sure. It does. <laughs>
0: yep. Okay. All right. I'm going to come back to uh, to dates that are a little bit further away, but at least that gives you some idea of what to do over today and next weekend or so. So... Uh, it's probably high time that we uh, opened up our talkback lines. Uh, if you'd like to ask a gardening question this morning, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 94190155. That's 94190155. We have Virginia Haywood, who's a guide at Royal Botanic Gardens Melbourne. We have Chloe Foster, who's a horticulturist, and Lucille Strachan from Growing Friends of Royal Botanic Gardens Melbourne. All in the studio, so nine four one nine zero one double five. 0155. Basile, let's talk plant sales. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many going on. Well, You're in competition. Yes,
3: <laughs> indeed, and there I was up at, at the Macedon One last weekend for the Mount Macedon Horticultural Society, which was a great success, and facing the Growing Friends plant sale next weekend. So, it's, yes, it's all go, definitely all go. But uh, yes, we've got a wonderful range of uh, plants available. Uh, We'll have our usual um, groups of plants, Australian natives, bulbs and rhizomes, herbs, succulents, bromeliads, hanging baskets and climbers, camellias, perennials, shrubs, trees and orchids. So there's something for everybody there. Goodness me, that's a huge range, Lucille. <laughs> it, it certainly is. And, of course, it's Saturday next weekend and Sunday as well. Saturday from 10 until 4 p.m. Sunday, 10 until 3 p.m. Inside the Royal Botanic Gardens Melbourne, E-Gate. And Melway's references 2L, reference C2. Uh, free entry, of course. And our plants are mainly sourced from the Royal Botanic Gardens and many are not commonly available. So there's, yeah, everybody's been busy. I've been asking people have they got any interesting suggestions for me to uh, talk about today. And uh, if you want me to, I can go through the various sections. Let's go because it was
2: super fun last time when you just reeled off a list and we just talked (laughs) about plants for two hours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to know about cyanosis.
3: Ah, do you indeed? Well, the shrub people tell me um, that Yankee Point is one of the Xeanothus they have available. We have had various different ones over the, the years, uh, but Yankee Point is the one that they certainly have some, uh, a selection of this year, and with bright blue flowers, glossy green foliage, which is tough and drought tolerant. Uh, other shrubs available, are, we have some Wygelas. Now, this is a small to medium deciduous shrub. Well, it's certainly deciduous with me, and it probably is with you, too. In Melbourne, it may not be totally deciduous. But we've got uh, three, four different varieties, I think. Uh, Variegata, with rose-colored flowers, and the leaves have cream edges. Uh, Florida, which has light pink flowers, and another Florida with a, a darker red flower. And then uh, another species, subsessilis, which is a rare one with cream-coloured flowers. Now, these are lovely shrubs, and um, mine is just... The leaves have just come out at home, and I'm waiting for the flowers. It's a, it's a different one to these ones, but um, they're all similar in, in the respect that they um, are probably deciduous with me, and to a greater or lesser extent in Melbourne. In Cantua... Buxifolia, which is the sacred flower of the Incas. We have some of these available this time. So we've got uh, Buxifolia and uh, Bicolor. Buxifolia has the brilliant Cerise flowers and Bicolor has the yellow flowers. So interesting shrub. Um, I
1: think you have to say it's not a very nice shrub. Mine's just coming out at the moment. <laughs> yes, I It's fabulous it. in flower. It is the most absolutely fabulous flower. Yes. It is truly superb. So South American it's, origin. Yes. It's South American. Yeah. It's the national flower of Peru, the, yeah, and
3: ah, the Incas. Of I course. think
2: I've seen this at your garden. Yes,
1: yeah. and and I've got two. I've got a yellow one, and I've got so the pink got one. So you've got the and and the bicolour. Yep. No, the uh, uh, it's straight yellow. Oh, Sue has it? got one that is the yellow and the white. yellow and the but, pink. Yes. Um, and then just near where you garden, there's yeah. a yellow, pink, and white one in yes. in the in the botanic garden. I think that's probably the one we've. Propagated. There is the straight yeah. pink one in in the Princess off the Princess Lawn in the Botanic Gardens. Yes. It is an f- absolutely fabulous flower. It's not a very exciting shrub. It grows to about my height. I don't oh, know what A I little
3: am. taller perhaps, but not much. So and just and almost I find two it, metres. I find
1: it yep. very important to prune it. Right. Because it gets when very it? lanky.
3: When's the best time to prune
2: it?
1: Well for me I've pruned it when I'm cross. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so the one you've the got uh, any growth on
2: it at all, one, <laughs> of course
3: the other, one, the other time you do it, of course when it finishes just flowering, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it does, <laughs> Thank you. it does flower
1: on on new growth, um, right? It is it is absolutely gobsmacking when it's in flower, and people yes. come in and just and, and my garden's coming up open soon, and yep. I'm really pleased that it'll be open when they come because well, it's, it's incredibly bright pink, and you, it is. you, you yeah, don't brilliant. see yeah. it often in the nurseries, mm. no. It is no. a difficult one to find. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And as you say, yes, it's not the the most uh, showy of, of shrubs otherwise.
1: The shrubs is boring as. Yeah. <laughs> but
3: but you just plant around it. Yeah. Yes.
1: Because it's absolutely worth having. Yeah. Um, well, it's certainly different and interesting, isn't yeah. it? Oh, and you know, there's and so uh, many plants
2: uh, that look, you know, that are nothing special when they're not in flower. And I suspect mm, one yeah. of the
1: reasons you don't see it in the nurseries is it, I mean, it, it would look. Awful in a pot and they won't sell things that don't look good in a pot. And because people
2: just, they just can't imagine what their garden will look like. Mm. Or can't imagine what a plant will look like when it's sitting in a six inch pot. So unless it's got a fancy label. um, And the labels
1: just irritate
2: me.
3: Yeah, I know. Because they're not really correct either. No, no they're quite
1: generic, plant labels. And there's so oh. much plastic in them. Oh, and no. You can't reuse them in any way. No. I want really little labels that just tell me the name and I can go and look it up. That's yeah, what I've got the yeah. internet for.
2: Well, that's true. I mean, <laughs> everyone has a smartphone with them these days when they're shopping for mm. plants. So, yeah, all you need to do is Google it.
1: And the labels are getting bigger and bigger and fancier and they fancier. Are. Yeah. Mm. And as it is,
3: it's hard enough to recycle the pots without yeah. having to worry about the labels as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, now, trees. We, we have uh, a couple of interesting trees available. A Bohinia purpurea, which is a rainforest tree, but this one has beautiful orchid-like flowers that are bright purply pink. And this, the seeds from this have come from a tree in Richmond. So it's acclimatized to Melbourne, so it should grow well in Melbourne. And I think our seedlings are, are about one year old. And it's also um, the flower on the Hong Kong flag, which uh, may be a good or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ceiba insignis is another one of the trees we have available. Many are planted around the volcano. Does that Speaking of beautiful, pink, bright pink flowers. Oh, my goodness. It's the nastiest. I mean, it's a lovely tree.
1: Do
2: all cibers have the spiky trunks? They have those incredibly <laughs> spiky it trunks. They just yeah. blow my mind yes, every time I see extraordinary them. extraordinary looking. They, they are.
1: For anybody who goes to the Botanic Gardens, there's one right by the bottom um, cafe, mm. and it's got just huge spikes coming yep. off it all the way up and it looks I mean it's a very, it's a lovely looking tree mm. except for the spikes yep. which are just extraordinary. And then in the middle of summer, yep. suddenly it comes out with these incredibly bright pink flowers oh, that belong in a disco. It covers, <laughs> they cover the entire tree
2: <laughs> and it, they're just the most beautiful flowers and they're quite fluffy flowers as the, well. the, It mm.
1: belongs, its first cousin is, is the k tree which is what those ah, pillows used to be yes. made of in the olden yes. days. Okay. So when, when, it, and some of the ones around the volcano are the Kapok. Mm. And so when it comes out, they just, these, it's just all this fluff mm. leaves the tree, you know, which is the seed pods. Beautiful.
3: It's just fluff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Fluff. C-E-I-B-A. Yes, that's it? Yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. That's it. So um, it's, it looks. Uh, my, my friend described it as uh, looking a bit like marijuana because it has the divided leaflets, <laughs> <No. laughs> which I thought was perhaps an interesting way to describe it. You're not like selling marijuana. And oh, they absolutely okay. not. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, no. I haven't um, seen any
1: growing in the gardens either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> as well. perennials
3: uh, have a wonderful array of salvias, as usual. Uh, the late uh, winter, early spring flowers are still doing their thing. And the summer ones, of course, are, are, are slowly beginning to get there because we've had a really cool start to spring and some things are, are taking their time to get going. But we do have some lovely shade lovers as well as sun lovers. The greys, we've got a lovely selection of grey foliage plants for those that want sun-loving plants. In the, for the shade, we have some Omphilodes, uh cherry Ingram which has lovely bright blue flowers. It's a cousin of the forget-me-not and is a gorgeous little woodland plant and its cousin which is called starry eyes and these two are from, from Turkey and with, the starry eyes has white flowers with a blue centre and is very pretty and a ranunculus uh, with double yellow flowers which is flowering at the moment so that should be interesting as well if you're looking for something like that. Uh, there's also some Flomus we have available, the lovely Lloyd's variety, which I think is one of my favourites, with lovely grey-green foliage and yellow flowers in summer, tough and drought-tolerant. And then there's the Flomus rusteliana with creamy yellow flowers, and that flowers spring-summer and uh, more green foliage than grey, and quite large leaves, and I think that needs perhaps a little more. Uh, TLC than the, the grows, Flomus Lloyds variety.
1: Grows furiously at my place. It, yes. It, uh, what I find you know. is that after five years or so, it'll tend to rot off. Oh, yes. But when I pull it out, I'll leave a bit behind and it just comes up. Yep, yep. So I find it, I, I've got a lot mm. of the yellow. The one I particularly like is Flomus. Its common name often is the Jerusalem sage. Oh, yes. Of, yep. And the Flomus italica. Pretty-
3: Fruticosa is the Jerusalem sage, sage yes. it? yeah. It's the yellow and one you see most yes. commonly around. Yes, yeah, and Italica. I don't know whether we've got any of that available That's the, this the year. That's the pinky is one. Yeah. Is the pink one, yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, beautiful yep. per, for perennial garden beds. I love yeah. it. And it's yep. a bit yeah.
1: smaller than the others.
3: Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good plant. And we also have some Heliotropum, Arborescence, and uh, Aurea as well. I find the heliotrope is the only thing in my garden that regularly
1: gets hit by the frost.
3: Oh, yes, I can't grow it at home. Mm. It's too cold. But, but does it
2: keep coming back up, though, or do you have to replant it? Does um, it get killed by the frost?
1: I've had some killed. I've got one bed that I can't plant it in. The others come back. This year they mm. survived absolutely fine. I've got mm. one that's as is, is a huge dinner plate size. Mm. It's happy as happy. Mm. Yeah. But And the ones absolutely planted against the house
3: are fine. Yes, because they've it's got A the bit protection. of protection. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they do very well in Melbourne. Just Whereas beautiful. most
1: of my things, the frost will roll off and they don't bother. But yeah.
3: it does bother the heliotrope. Yes, yes, it does. I love yeah. that, that really
1: dark leafed one. Oh, the Lord, Lord Roberts. Roberts. Yes, it's beautiful.
0: beautiful. Oh, that yeah. one is lovely. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Lynn has run in on, <coughs> on the outside line, wanting to uh, ask for the details again of the uh, Mornington event. Now, this is. Um, Mornington Community Garden uh, annual open day. It's taking place on October the 19th. Uh, the venue is Pine Reserve, Mitchell Street in Mornington. Entry is $2, children under 16 and free. And as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be loads of sales of um, seeds, seedlings and plants, second-hand books uh, and DVDs uh, Lots of food, lots of uh, free workshops and demonstrations. So that's 19th of October, Pine Reserve, Mitchell Street in Mornington. Okay, (coughs) while I'm thinking of it, um, Audrey in North Carlton rang in last week um, wanting information about... uh, about the, uh, the orange-skinned uh, tomatoes that Penny Woodward originally had been talking about, which contain a particular form of lycopene. Now, um, I don't know, Audrey, if you managed to get on to Penny, but I do have the information in front of me, me so hopefully you're listening in again this morning. So there are three um, tomatoes in this range in Australia that do contain this form of lycopene. And the three tomatoes are Kellogg's Breakfast, mm-hmm. Aunt Gertie's Gold, and Earl of Edgecombe. Now, the seeds...
1: <laughs> they are such
0: fantastic names. Yeah, they're, they're wonderful names, aren't they? <laughs> what,
1: what was the last one, Pam? <laughs> Earl of Edgecombe. Earl <laughs> <laughs> of with, Edgecombe. With Aunt,
4: <laughs> Aunt Gertie. Aunt Gertie. Aunt Gertie. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> now, uh, the seeds can be obtained from... Um, Certain seed suppliers, I'll, I'll mention some of those ones where they've got these. Um, so Seed Freaks, uh, and you could get onto them, seedfreaks.com.au. The Lost Seed, which is the lost seed, all one word, .com.au. And Tasmanian Natural Garlic and Tomatoes, which is t-n, sorry, tngt.com.au. Uh, So that's, I'll just give out those again, Uh, three uh, places, seed suppliers that do have seeds of these three um, uh, orange uh, skinned tomatoes that contain this uh, form of lycopene, uh, uh, Seed Freaks, which is seedfreaks.com.au, The Lost Seed, which is all one word, thelostseed.com.au and Tasmanian Natural Garlic and Tomatoes, tngt.com.au. And those tomatoes, once again, are Kellogg's Breakfast, Aunt Gertie's Gold, and Earl of Edgecombe. So uh, (laughs) hopefully, Audrey, you've now got that information, and so have all our listeners. Okay, don't forget, if you'd like to phone in and ask a gardening question this morning, we'd love to hear from you. The number is nine. 419-0155. Four one nine zero one double five. That's nine four one nine zero one double five. We're running through until nine fifteen, our usual time slot, so plenty of time for you to jump on the phones and give us a call. Um, Chloe, let's go to you because you brought in a few plants. Yeah, I've got lots flowering in my garden at the moment, which
2: is fantastic and obvious because it is springtime. <laughs> um, the first one I start with is um, it's one of the native mint bush It's called Prostanthera. Seabrai, um and its um, cultivar name or its brand name is Minty. Has the most. Oh, that's a bit ordinary. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not as good as <laughs> Kellogg's <enough>. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I just I just love it. It is a fantastic little shrub. grows in a really wide range of soils. Um, less than two meters. Uh, flowers at this time of year, and it's probably going to flower until um, through until summer now. Mm. Um, The whole, I've I've sent a really, um, I sent a photo into Liz on the for Facebook and Instagram. The whole shrub is covered in tiny little purple flowers at the Mm. moment, and it is just beautiful. I have it planted, I have a few of them planted in a garden bed, but next to the tap at home. So when I'm washing my hands after I've been in the garden. I always give the plant a little bit of a tip prune and um, and use it to clean my hands when I've, you know, got dirt and, and, and other rubbish on it. So, um, and I used to do it all the time. There's one planted next to the main hose at Karanga when I worked there as well. <laughs> and whenever I used to, uh, yeah, need to wash my hands, I just, you know, gave the plant a little tip prune and ripped off a few of the tips. And... Um, and, and, and wash my hands. So it makes your hands smell really nice afterwards. Sometimes it suds up a little bit too. Mm. Um yeah, no, it's it is a fantastic uh, fantastic sort of medium shrub that you don't really need to do much to. It does like a tip prune, but you could leave it and it and it just sort of do its own thing um and stay quite mounded
1: um by by itself. Um, they I are exciting at the moment you see mint bushes yeah. out all over the place i know i know and um, they're like the cantua they're really boring for the rest of the year exactly. but when they're out they're stupendous. <laughs> everyone
2: notices actually i think all the plants i've brought in this morning are those plants that no one notices when they're not in flower but as mm. soon as they come out in flower everyone goes oh what's that called because mm. they're absolutely yeah. beautiful so, yeah, the Prostanthras are that. I had someone come into the nursery um, a couple of weeks ago with um, Prostanthera ovalifolia, which is a lar- one of the largest shrub mm-hmm. um, Prostanthras. Um, they're a little bit hard to come by in retail nurseries. I know Karanga has it um, all the time, but ovalifolia is a little bit harder to come by in regular retail nurseries. And I don't know why, because they're easy to grow and they look good in a pot, and you could have a pretty label. <laughs> they would sell. But um, you don't see them very often. You see Prostanthra rotunda folia quite often. Because that's that the has... one you
1: usually see. There is one you see a lot. Yeah, mm. it, it, it's that one mm. with, the, with the round. It is the round mm. foliage. I had one which I think came from the Grampians and it had little red flowers oh. and quite a spiky leaf and it was just extraordinary. Oh, fantastic! Ooh, I got it as a garden... As a, as a reject from a wholesaler who was, mm. uh, had been going to put it into, try and put it into the nurseries yeah. and didn't. And it lasted mm, uh, five or six years. Yeah. And unfortunately, I never quite got around to propping it. I find oh. propping some of the n- native ones more difficult than right. other things. That's strange. I didn't get sued to prop it, which was the well, really big mistake.
2: There's your mistake then. Mm. That was a rookie <laughs> error. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, generally, the prostanthras are really easy to propagate. And I've propagated a lot of them. Have you seen this red one? No, I haven't. I'm going to Google it in a minute when I stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) If I can find any more information on it. I have a feeling. Roger Elliott might be listening. He can give us a call. He'll tell us. I've got a
1: feeling it was from the Grampians, but I'm not sure. There are a couple of smaller
2: ones that do grow up. It was small. It only got up to my knees. I'm thinking of something like Prostanthra Montana, but I think I might be confusing that with something else. So there are a couple of ones that grow up um, in sort of the alpine areas that are a bit smaller, but I don't Mm. know of them having red they usually got And this did flowers. smell
1: minty when you crushed the leaves. Oh, how oh, delightful. It was lovely. Yeah, it's mm. a beautiful... I've got a big, minty. tall one in my place at the moment. I've no idea what it is, but it is just looking spectacular. What shape leaves does it have? I'm just trying to think. I, it's not round. It's slightly...
2: That might be ovalifolia with the the hand gesture you're showing me at the moment. <laughs> it's very good folia? For radio. Has, yeah slightly longer yes, longer, longer legs it is more of an oval shape and than it's a round very, shape.
1: Very, very, very purple. It's just yeah, looking that, beautiful. And they mm. are
2: the taller shrub. There mm. is another larger shrub called Melissa folia. I think that's correct. Um and they have a a it's like a cut leaf um shape. So it might be that one, mm. but it sounds like from the hand gesture that it might be ovalifolia because it is and quite that, larger. And
1: behind it, I've got um, syrinth major. Oh. So I've got oh, this huge, I mean, it, that has just got such a very, very, in fact, I'll put a photo of that. I'll send one to Liz so she can put it on Facebook. Mm. It has. It is such a structural plant with such an extraordinary flower and that. And its leaf is quite blue-green, so against the... So
3: you've got the purpurescence one. Is it the cerinthi major purpurescence? I don't... Is it purple flowered?
1: It is purple flowered, Yes, that's the purpurescence.
3: Cerinthi major itself has red and yellow flowers.
1: Well, I would have said mine were burgundy. The flowers on it. I'll put it. I'll, I'll immediately put it on mm, Facebook mm, so people mm. can see what we're talking about. Mm, yeah. It is absolutely gorgeous, mm. and the and the combination of the two together yeah, is that very red oh, and
2: purple. Would be really nice. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Actually, we've got a Prostanthra available this weekend too oh, in good. our oh. Australian <laughs> native section. The Prostanthera is uh, Storophylla, which is a very decorative small mint bush from New South Wales. And it flowers in spring and summer, so I suppose it'll be coming out now probably in the nursery, with a profusion of blue mauve flowers. And the foliage is, like so many others, pleasantly aromatic, while the plant prefers well-drained soil in semi-shade. Lovely. So that there's, yeah. there's a possibility there for people if they're Absolutely. interested. Yeah,
2: and most procenters are tolerant of most soil types as well. So yeah, yeah they're very easy tolerant. customers. Yeah, yeah, they are easy customers. Yeah. They are easy customers. We do have a caller. Um, good morning to Pat in Elwood. Good
4: morning. How are you going, good Pat? Good morning. What's your question? Um, uh, I've got some, uh. I went down to the local flower shop some time back. Can you hear me? Yes, Yes, we can. Oh, good, good. Uh, uh, And uh, I got some branches of white japonica. I stuck them in a great big vase, but the vase got broken uh, a few weeks back, and uh, I've stuck it... I've stuck it... uh, There's about five branches, and I've stuck them into my compost bin where my lime tree's growing. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just wondering how to propagate it. They're about um, uh, two feet high. <clears throat>
1: that would be Chinomolese japonica. It's it, white. Yes. So you one of white flowering did, y- yes, mm. the flowering quince? Yes, yeah. the flowering quince. And I think it's been moved out of Chinomolese and into the quince family. But anyway, <laughs> okay. which is neither here nor there. Yep. Stephen would like to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's all interesting. I don't think they're difficult to propagate. No,
2: I, I think if you um, got yourself some some um, propagation mix from your local nursery, or even some mm. of your compost mix, put it in a pot. Um, take a few um, of the cuttings, about four inches long, and um, strip off. You still there, Pat? Yes.
1: Oh, strip okay. off
2: the bottom leaves. And um, if you've got some hormone powder, dip them in a hormone or powder if you haven't got
1: pot. if you haven't got hormone powder, use a bit of honey. Yes. Yep.
0: Yes, yes, I've heard that. And yep. take off honey. all the
1: flowers. <laughs> yes, take the flowers yes. off. Yep. Yes. And, and you don't want the thick stem at the bottom. You want to take... You don't. Well, it, it's a bit hard not being able to see you it. Want, yeah, you want this, um, this
2: sort of soft. The softer tips of the plant. If the, well, you if could the wood's d- too hard, it probably won't strike.
1: Or oh, it'll take a very long time to strike. You yeah. could probably mm. do both. You could take some softer tips and you could also use the bottom ones. You know, you, there's no harm in trying. You're semi-ripe, so you, you're things that are just bending a little bit, but mm. not a lot. And you could also try some of your tips, although if they're in flower, they probably won't mm. be as good.
4: But I think uh, you'll
1: find you will. Whereabouts are you? Elwood. 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 Yes, I think think you'll find they'll go quite nicely. Yeah. Don't let
2: them dry out
1: and don't drown them. And now's the
2: time to do it. But, yeah, make sure that the flowers have been taken off the stems.
0: Oh. Okay, Pat. Good. All right. Yes. Okay, well, good Uh, luck with that one. Thanks, Pat. uh, Thank you. See you later. That number again, if you'd like to join us this morning and ask a gardening question, 9419 one double five that 's nine four one nine zero one double five. we have Virginia Haywood, Chloe Foster, and Lucille Strachan in the studio this morning, so we 'd love to hear from you now we have had a query from um, a caller phoning in uh, wanting to know what was the spray for gall wasp. now, I recall that uh, James Beatty, when he was on last was talking about um, a spray that he was experimenting with. Um, now, this is basically um, a spray that's put out to stop um, sunburn on uh, on trees, including citrus, and it, it forms like a protective coating, but it turns the tree white, so it is like a white coating to stop it's sunburn.
2: A clay-like coating. Yes,
0: it is a clay-like coating. But... Um, This isn't uh, under the recommendations. Um, It's purely that James is actually experimenting with this one. So I don't like to recommend it, Mm. but James will be on the program in two weeks' time. And what I will do is make a note and get James to talk about it um, again while he's on air. And he can mention the product and he can also mention whether he's found... um, it's uh, whether he's getting any success from that or not. So I I I won't give out the name at the moment because I don't think it comes under the actual recommendations from the product. Uh, But this is purely an experiment that James has been conducting and I'll get him to talk about it personally in two weeks' time. I think that's
1: the safest way to go. Yep. I'm always nervous about spraying things too, because yes. as soon as you start spraying a bad thing, you mm. start killing a good thing. Yep. Yeah. My garden is just—I mean, I've have the aphids have struck. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> with force. Yes. Yeah. And I'm squashing them and I'm hosing them off, but yeah. I'm not going to poison them because I don't want to be poi- I have got oh, yeah. so many bees at the moment. Mm. I cannot possibly poison the aphids without the poisoning paras- the bees. The
2: parasitic yeah. wasps wasps will be around. Yes, yeah, of, course. Yeah. of course. And their numbers
3: yeah. will build up. Yeah. And exactly. the ladybirds. Yeah. And, and yes. the other yes. thing
2: with gall wasps is to prune the galls out when you when you see or them. Or Drill into
3: them. Yeah. Early. Yeah. You've really got to get onto it around about August, haven't yes. you? Or before because they
1: hatch in August. So, I mean, doing anything about yep. gall wasp now is yep. pointless. Yes. In,
2: you, you want to be careful if if you do prune them off too early and your plant starts to put on a flush of new growth that it could get frost damage. Yes. So, wait problem. until later or. But the
1: question is as you see them over the winter, actually just drilling into them so that you expose mm. the creature inside. T- to a whole lot of freezing cold air and it'll die
2: Yeah and also what you want to be careful There's so many different things Double edged swords and all that with drilling into it mm. You would want to do it on an angle So that
0: water doesn't sit,
2: sit into in there, the of drill course, hole yes. as well In fact you, you want, want to be going upward Yeah you would want to go
0: from underneath
2: upward mm. Yeah.
0: By the time you've you've centered your, Whatever you're going to drill into it For accuracy to go upwards It's easier to just cut the
1: darn bit off Yeah yeah, a yeah. lot quicker in easier. Well, India. no, but it depends, Pam, because when you're in the city, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've got 15 or 15, 16 yes, lemon trees. Yes, a lot of <laughs> lemon trees and two grapefruit trees. Yes. Yeah. And, and one of my lemon trees is part orange, but aside from all that, I have no gall wasp, mm. whereas... Around here in Fitzroy, oh, yes, the trees are covered exactly. in it. Mm. Yep, yep. And, of course, if you have to prune it all out, you can end up with nothing. but no, not a not much. Stump. Yeah, yeah yep, exactly. Yeah. Which is a problem. Yeah. Um, can I say that Sue has texted me in saying that that Prostantha, the red one, yes. is Aspalathoides. Yes. Very fine foliage. Very fine foliage. Yep. And that, yes, yeah, sort corally like s- red. Flower and which you knowing which one it is. I suppose it's at Karanga. Yeah, it is. It is a very interesting. It's a real. It's a small shrub. Yeah, Mm. but they do have it. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Sue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She is reliable.
1: (laughs) She so is. Excellent.
0: Okay, let's go to another plant, Chloe.
2: All right. Um, let's go with a pea theme. I brought in some that are flowering at the moment. So the first one is Indigophora australis which I think its common name is the Austral Indigo, so we may as well just call it by its botanical (laughs) name. Yes. Um, Really nice pinnate foliage and these bright magenta flowers. The flower colour in the species does vary quite a lot. And because it's um, usually a seed-grown plant, um, the colours of the foliage and the flowers do vary. So sometimes you get a a lilac-y sort of colour or a, a light mauve.
1: Is it Indigophora, did you say? Indigophora. Indigophora, yeah. yeah. Mm. I did say mm. yeah. okay. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I
2: just... <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday morning, too. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. That's my no, no, problem. That's I didn't okay. hear properly. Because um, I've
1: got an Indigophora, but it's got quite a different coloured flower to that. So and I, it's just
2: I grew these se- these plants myself from seeds um, that, I, that I bought, and I've never seen such a magenta-coloured mm. Indigophora before. Mm. It is so bright, and it's faded at the moment. The photo I sent in... To Liz and I put on Instagram the other day it was just so vibrant magenta and I have it growing in this in the back part of my garden in between the fence and the garage and it's about a metre and a half space and there was a bit of a garden bed there I thought instead of it being covered by weeds I'll put some quick growing pea plants in there
1: um, nitrogen fixing absolutely <laughs> and these
2: are um, they, they've, they've really taken off and I don't water them much at all because I don't really go around there and they're just sort of sitting there and growing quite well and doing their own thing. I have I have been giving them a light tip prune since they've been quite young so that they don't get too leggy because they can get very long... Um, yes, arching. ...arching stems on them. Uh, so, yeah, tip prune. I have been tip pruning it and they're, they're at a really nice little um, dense habit at the moment, but they don't get much direct sunlight. they would probably get maybe a little bit of
1: late morning and then and then that's it.
2: Well Terry flowering in this in not much
1: sun. Terry in the Botanic Gardens has got the Chinese one in the Chinese beds. It's absolutely beautiful. It does travel but it's also in the shade. And it's a it's a Beautiful plant. That yeah, indigofera. Well,
2: they're forest understory plants, so you like you will see them growing under eucalypts. So they are used to growing in shadier spots that and are a little bit drier and and anything that'll grow
1: under eucalypt has to be a good thing. Absolutely. Oh, oh yes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and they're just a beautiful pop of colour. So I have mm. indigofra planted with another pea plant called Goodia lotifolia, which mm. is indigenous to Melbourne, and it just I think it is so underrated. It has the brightest yellow pea flowers oh, it's pretty, on it, with very a little pretty. with a little red centre. Um, how would you describe this leaf? Trifoliator? or I think yes. that's how you would say. Mm. Um, a, a, yes. Yeah, trifoliate. Like a clover leaf. It is yeah, like it is a clover, like a yeah. clover leaf. And again, something you would totally ignore when it's not in flower. Um, I've, I've, I've seen it flower when I've been driving through you know bushland area, bushier areas of Melbourne. And, and it's just exciting, got, isn't it? It's is just this bright pop of yellow. It is a spray of yellow when it's I've in flower. I've got quite yeah. a big one flowering yeah. next to a
1: ceanothus, yep. which is just a massive blue. Oh. So oh, the yellow and blue, blue oh, together. Oh, be beautiful. Wow. Yeah.
2: And again, the Goodyear tolerates like a, a really wide range of soils. Um... So I've seen them growing along the Alinda Creek as well. So that's quite wet there. Mm. Um, it's quite dry in my garden. So in this where spot I've
1: got it planted, it, it's next to the tank, but the tank thankfully doesn't leak. Yeah, and it is <laughs> it is facing north, mm. and which means that it's. Prone to the north wind as well, and it's yep. as happy as Larry. Is, is it quite exposed as well? It's it's protected a bit by other plants just around it. But yep. the position itself is very exposed. Yeah, mm. well,
2: that's really good to know. Mm. So yeah, I mean, mine's growing in a pretty protected spot. They are frost tolerant um, mm. species. Um, but yeah, obviously, wind and, and hot wind tolerant
1: as well. Yes, I've got about five ceanothus, and they're all in flower at the moment. Oh, wow. And they just, gorgeous. and they're all, ironically, they're all planted next to Australian plants. <laughs> mm. And they are just It'd looking. Be l- contrast. The kunzia, mm, I've yeah. got a weeping kunzia, which is just a massive red with this blue ceanothus next to it. Mm, and it just pl- looks fabulous. Mm. Just looks fabulous. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, the goodia, you often
2: don't see it in, um, in retail nurseries but you can get it as as tube stock you know from the I think the cranberry friends grow it and I I've seen it it, it is in the tube stock at um Karanga native nursery as well and lo, you know your local shire indigent in indigent nursery would have it as well um yeah it's, yes, it's there's a very good plant. one
1: at Fairfield that people can find What's that called? Oh, I've forgotten. Oh, no. <laughs> but, it's, but if you look for Indigenous, it's in, yeah. it's in that great big park along yep. the river. Yeah. So you can walk into it from Kew going across um, across the is river. Is it Vink? Yes. Yeah, yep. yes. That's yeah, exactly fantastic. what it is. They'd yeah. have it for sure.
2: Yeah, I think I've seen it up at Candlebark um, Native Nursery up in, for Maroondah City Council as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Knox have it too. Mm. So uh, if you look for it,
1: um, they would have it. Okay, Virginia, we should talk about your open garden that's coming up. Yes, my garden is looking, and (laughs) the thing about doing an open garden, the reason I do an open garden is it puts discipline. So I've got these patches, which (laughs) I Oh, it makes you weed. It makes (laughs) you weed, (laughs) and it makes me do the bits of the garden that I will ignore. And because I've had open gardens the last couple of years, I've actually done all the hard bits, and they've all... Some of them are just looking fabulous, and they're the bits that I previously would have ignored. My open garden is Saturday and Sunday, the 3rd of November. It's for the um, Upper Yarra Valley Garden Club, and so we have five gardens along, along the um, Warburton Highway. The first one being mine, which is in Seville. Then there's one in Wurialik, one in Yarra Junction, and two in Warburton. So that's five gardens for $20, which I think is a steal. Mm. Mm. It is. You know, going to open gardens has got quite expensive. (laughs) Well, Well, it has. has. Yes, I have to agree. And we luckily are staying cheap, not nasty, just cheap. (laughs) And (laughs) I would have to say that I think my garden's looking as good as it's ever looked, which is really... So I'm hoping that people who have known it some years ago will come back again and see the change. Because it's really grown up. I mean, I've been there, I don't know, maybe sixteen years, something like mm. that. And it's and it has really grown up. It's grown into itself. Yeah. And and I'm I mean, I'm even at the point of taking things out well,
2: you've, you've, what's new is you planted around the dam now haven't yes. you had that redone i
1: know having having sworn that i wouldn't do any more garden beds well it's not a garden it's bed. not a garden <laughs> bed, no it isn't no <laughs> but i have planted it's around the dam
2: wetland revegetation
1: oh
0: good yes. <laughs> in full sun yes. <laughs> slightly confusing you
1: know. but yes and i have i have planted largely natives around there I've got a friend here in Fitzroy called Helen who is very hard-line about natives, and when she came up and saw I'd planted daffodils amongst all the, <laughs> the natives, she was horrified. Oh but they looked fabulous. They oh looked dearly. just fantastic, and they've all gone now, I so mean, she yeah, can look exactly. again without they're, being offended. They're very ephemeral. <laughs> Except what? that she'll notice that there is one... Well, I'm not going to say, but she will probably notice there are other... Strays. Well, that's why she picks it out. Yes, exactly. What have you planted
2: around the, around the dam?
1: Well, I've planted a lot. It's more a question of what has survived.
2: What has survived then? Because I'm
1: really struggling with the rabbits. Oh, oh God. Right. Yes. And I had somebody come up the other day with ferrets, so that's hopeful. Um, but, th- I mean, the rabbits all around me are just unbelievable Sylvie's dog, my daughter's dog, killed three the other day. I was thrilled about that. And I found (laughs) um, a dead one yesterday, which I think my old cat must have got rid of.
3: But I'm afraid those four is just a drop Mm. in the The ocean. The thing is, yes, if people living around you don't do anything about them, they're going to come into your place. And And particularly if you get rid of what's on your place. Well, They're also, and the, question,
1: and the question yeah. is how to do it, because I yes. don't want to poison. Because mm. if I poison them, I've got owls, I've got yeah, hunting yeah. birds, yeah. Poison, yes. I've got dogs, I've got foxes, yeah. I've got cats, and I don't even want to kill the foxes at the moment, yeah. because they might kill the rabbits. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to poison, which does complicate things a lot, yeah. you yeah. know. But I'm, I'm gradually finding it's very, very strange. Mm. I've got KPs, I've got kangaroo paws on one side, which are doing really well. Mm-hmm and then I've got a set of um, big pieces of stone, and then I've got more KPs, which have been eaten by the rabbits. Now explain. They're 10 foot apart. It's not like (laughs) rabbits are
2: territorial. No, and they eat the
1: the kangaroo paw on one side and not the other. Could you do a little bit of um, sort of
2: stage your planting? So put some prickly plants... a pre- some prickly
1: acacias around to I've protect. i been plants. doing that. I have. I have found th- uh, they don't seem to like acacias. None of my acacias. Yep. So I, there's going to be more acacias. Yeah. And um, the grevilleas, as long as I put them in large enough, it's a real mistake for me to put in anything too small. Right. Which is a problem. Mm. Because so that's it's, an expensive exercise. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, um, you know, it, that makes it difficult. Mm. But I'm I'm gradu- I'm just experimenting. I've, I'm the bulbine lilies. They haven't touched, so there's going to be a lot of bulbine That's
2: strange lilies. Strange, because I thought I would get that because yes, they're really juicy soft and
1: mm. soft. They haven't touched the oh bulbines. No, They're more
3: likely to be attacked by the cockies, yes. which have been playing merry hell with me. Yes. Dug Co- up, literally dug up a, an aphofia and shredded it.
2: Oh. I've seen Goodness, I've huh? seen them getting stuck into some fresh grass seed um, and, on a nature strip um, mm. near me, and one of them was getting stuck into all the seed. He saw me walking past. He turned his head, looked up at me, and he just had mud all over <laughs> his face because <laughs> he'd been digging yeah. in the dirt. It well, was
3: I've got them digging in the dirt, and the thing I've discovered that they like is that awful little. Um, South African weed, which is called onion weed, but it isn't. It's iridaceous. Uh, it's the a purple. little Romulia, the little tiny bright pink, yes. moby pink flower. They yes. love eating those bulbs.
2: They have dug them up across yep. my entire front yes. lawn, which I've, that's fantastic. About. Yes. They, leave, I wish, I they eat they the bulb eat. and leave the, the, leave the leaf. Yes, I yes. came out one day so they and.
1: poo the bulb out into other
3: people's gardens. No, they cho-
2: chop them up. Yeah, they chop them up. Which yeah. I would hope that it would chop them yes. up enough to destroy exactly. it. Exactly, yes. Um, my into- well, I see
3: they th- don't eat more. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> enough being eaten.
2: <laughs> I use the word lawn very loosely for yes. my <laughs> house <laughs> because it is yeah. moss and winter grass at the moment. Oh, oh well, dear. that's better yeah. than mine. Mine's cape it's well, capeweed. Well, it's better than nothing. Oh, oh that's horrible yeah. stuff.
3: M-
1: bright
2: yellow. But mm. this, this onion weed, I can't think of the other name for it, but it is a... It's a Romulia. Romulia, that's it's right. It's a tiny little bulb. Mm. Yeah. They've, they've...
1: With shiny
2: green They've dug leaves. up almost yes. all of them tiny in the front leaves. lawn.
1: Unlike the onion weed that I would call onion weed, which, which is the, the allium tricrysum. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. And it's which has a very allium smell.
3: Absolutely. But this is the problem with using common names, of course, because mm. people often yeah. apply the same common name to yeah. different plants. Yeah.
2: Well, the cockies mm. have tip pruned every gum tree around my area as well, so I mean that's a
3: good thing because yes, they're doing not the bad. pruning so work So long as they you. stick to that and but eating the Romulias, I don't yeah. mind. But often they're just digging up a plant out of a yeah. garden bed and shredding it. They've done it to that? daffodils
1: to my neighbour
2: as well. Well, yes, they so love they don't, they're not They
1: haven't them. touched my daffodils. I tell you, the king parrots adore my pomegranates. Oh, I would too. Yes. Pomegranate, yum. <laughs> no, you wouldn't get you wouldn't adore mine. They never make it to full size. Oh. No. I mean, I love the king parrots so much that I don't yeah. particularly mind.
2: What stage do your pomegranates get to before they get them?
1: Um, when they're too green for me, but not yeah. too green for them.
2: Can you pick <laughs> pomegranates and let them ripen off the plant?
1: I don't know. No, I don't think I don't so. Think no. T- yeah. I've just planted two more, so that's going to be interesting. Mm. Maybe a, a bit of diversity because I've got one which is maybe six, seven. Fo- it's meant six or seven foot tall, and so maybe that- you'll have to try netting.
0: Oh, I, just I bag individual pomegranate yes, that's, fruit, yeah, and that works. That's yeah, a that's idea. a good idea,
1: because I don't actually want huge, yeah. numbers. I no, don't like don't huge numbers. No, you don't need huge numbers. Exactly. But if I
0: don't do it early enough, then the cockies are in, and I find the cockies go for,
1: for mine. But, yeah, bagging them, and I, I'm getting them to full maturity. Yes, no, for me, oh, it's good. the kings, and I so love the king parrots. They... they <laughs> Get onto the gutter outside my door, mm. and then swing down and stare into the house if I haven't <laughs> if I haven't put any seed out. <laughs> Excuse me, we're here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've arrived. They're so tame, and yet they're mm. right down the bottom of the pecking order. Yeah, I've now uh, for the first time last year I got corellas, which I haven't had before. Oh, they're so, lovely. So the cockies have got first pick, then the corellas, mm. then the galahs. And then any other parrots that are around and then the kings. You yeah. know, they and and they're they're by far the most um domesticated. I mean they'll talk to me, you mm. know. Yeah.
3: Loved but it. the other yeah. thing
1: I've got on around the dam is bottle brush. I've put a whole lot of the little ones in. Oh cute. I love them. I got them from Sue's nursery and uh, I don't know they're Henry or John or you know they've got those sort of names. Mm. And and they do not get touched and they're just all in flower mm. now. Yeah. Mm. And they don't get touched I by wa- the rabbits.
2: I wonder if it's the the chemicals that are in the leaves of the yeah. Curlistamen and you know the fam- the Mertesi family that that put off that put the rabbits off. Maybe that's why Anything I eaten aromatic,
3: that one. a lot of it depends on the on the the smell. But it's it's the same with the wallabies. They don't touch things like penstemons and rosemary because they have quite a fetid smell. Yeah, Penstemons have quite a fetid smell to them, and I think their leaves. So I think that puts some of these creatures off. Yeah. Meg's garden has just been devastated by wallabies. Oh, oh has no. it? Oh, I, I, yeah, they're
1: devils, those creatures. I don't know. Really I've, I've got roos in my bottom paddock, which I'm thrilled about. I love the roos. What's in the top paddock? <laughs> well, <laughs> the other day I was wandering through the camellias yep. and just bumped into this huge Ooh, roo. Yes. And I just put my bucket down and said, Hello. <laughs> and walked backwards very quietly because mm. he yes, was very big. Yes. <laughs> you will not get to argue with him, will you? I wasn't no. going to argue with him. And he just... Lopped off, he didn't mind. Mm, yeah. no. But I wouldn't have argued with him. No. I've got
0: three, a group of three roos that regularly now visit my garden. They seem to have moved down into our particular area. Mm. And um, it was only a couple of weeks, and they're big, they really are big boys. Mm. And uh, it was only a couple of weeks ago I was sitting at my computer. And all three of them in line marched straight past my window, right up next to my window. (laughs) And the third one turned around and looked straight at me as much to say, what are you doing? <laughs> and then went on going.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> I love them.
3: I love the roos. Yeah, I, they, I, the, they're not a problem, no, but the wallabies are really cheeky. Well,
0: you, you, you do have to be careful.
3: Yeah. I mean, oh, you really yes, do. giving them respect, yes. Give them respect because um, we Distance. have had yep, a few yep.
0: kangaroo attacks uh, around the Eltham yes. kangaroo ground area. Because you're yeah. very
1: populated around there. We yes. are. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. Yep. So you do treat well, them with utmost oh, respect. Oh, absolutely. Well, yep. Poor old
1: Meg has not only got them, the wallabies, yep. we, and she does like them, but you can see they've, they've made whole new paths through oh. her salvias. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, because they just regularly use that route through. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she's also got deer. Oh, and that's yes, the worst. Yes. Is she
2: semi-rural, or is oh she? yes,
3: yeah. She's well, after east, isn't she? Yes, she's yeah. not.
1: She's ten minutes from me. Okay. It's, the address would be Gruyere. Right. Uh, but she's on the edge of a whole lot of hills, and I think I don't get wallabies because I haven't got
3: very covered bush around
1: me. Yes, mm. they like that. They like the yeah. covered bush. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: And they oh. do such damage because they're the ones that'll to get at the tips of something. They'll just rip a branch off. Yeah, and I've
2: seen them do that. The crane members and and
3: they'll eat roses. They'll eat. Uh, I have a go at a lot of things. Yeah, yeah.
0: You are listening to the three CR <laughs> gardening show. <laughs> Pest, <laughs> While we're waffling on, pests galore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But galore. Uh, but yes, just a reminder: we are running through until nine fifteen. So if you'd like to jump on the phones and give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. That number is 94190155. Uh, To speak to Virginia, Chloe and Lucille, 94190155. As as well as
1: having my open garden on the 2nd and 3rd of November, which I'm hoping people will come to, I'm doing a walk around the Botanic Gardens on Monday the 21st at at half past 10. So Mm -hmm. I'll leave from the Visitor Centre. So if anyone wants to come with me for a walk, run the botanic. Okay. The morning walks are free. The afternoon walks are paid. Yep. This is a morning walk. Okay.
0: Good. <laughs> Good. Um, Virginia, let's talk about the plants you've sent photos
1: through to the Facebook page. Yes. I have sent through... Two of the three, I don't know why I forgot to put the third one in. I've, my clematis have just started to come out. Beautiful. And so I've sent some... Oh,
3: which one have you got flowering?
1: Well, one of them is a Montana. Yes. Which is Elizabeth. Oh, yes. Which is just gorgeous. I'm going to try and propagate it this year. I just think it should grow every over every shed that exists <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yes.
3: Yes, it, it is, is a lovely done, one. It yeah. is a
1: bu- It's a white... White one. I saw it in a garden. It's got a bit of pink
3: in it though too, hasn't it?
1: Mine hasn't. Hasn't it? No, it's very. Okay. It's quite white, mm. and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I saw it in one of the other gardens in the Upierra Valley Garden Club, and it had been let go for years. And it was up through the trees. It was all <laughs> over the shed, and it was yeah. breathtaking. It was mm. absolutely mm. fabulous. The other two I've put on um, on the photos. Are um, two Jackmanii hybrids, mm-hmm. and of course they are just wonderful at the moment. There, um, one of them oh, is wow. the brightest of bright pinks, mm. vibrant um, magenta, vibrant, very they're, vibrant. And and I just I find they're um very cheery and people, I buy quite a lot of my mine from Teslas because I find they're cheaper which I, I really like. I, I find that I'm not prepared to pay $40, mm. particularly when I've been over to visit my friends in England and they're paying two pounds. What? Or three what? pounds. What For clematis? For a clematis. Yes. Good heavens. <laughs> so I get very cross when I see how much they cost here. I don't think it's fair. And, um, Where in your garden have you got them planted? Everywhere. Everywhere. I've got them planted in the north, in the west, in the east and in the south and they like their roots kept so now that Ooh, my garden yeah. the fact that my garden's quite cottagey mm. i mean you know like basically that means thick mm. so i can nearly if i can find a space where i can dig and that then they've got something to go on so yep. i put them i put them up every tree i've got yeah which is sort of a bit n- nuts but why not <laughs> And so I've got them up my honey uh, I've got them up my um, malice, my crabapples. I've, j- I've just mm. put them up all mm. sorts of things. And I tend, when I get them, if if they're big enough, I plant them deeper than they are in the pot. Yeah. It's probably the only thing I do plant deeper than mm. the pot. So if if they've got a bit, I'll plant some the bottom leaves. Oops, underneath. And I always plant them behind things. Right, and if, so if there's a bit more protection, so yeah. there's more protection, mm. yep. so they're likely to be cooler. Yep, and if I've and I always mulch them seriously, mm-hmm. and if I don't, if I plant it and it's, it's exposed for some reason, well then I'll put rocks or something like that around it yep. just to keep those roots cool. Yep, and then I think they're fine. I mm-hmm. don't think they're difficult. Yeah, that is the trick with, with them. I've seen them growing mm. in Buxton. Ex- as well. well, and they just
2: they, the, the people of that garden said we just make sure that we keep the roots to cool. But yes, and gets pretty
1: hot. Yes. Oh no. Well, I think I think they will grow mm. as long as they've got their roots really well protected. That's yeah. what they, you know, that's that's what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. And I've, i I mean, they'll just start coming out now. The other one I've got on the Facebook is a really beautiful purple. And the one, the thing about the Jackmanii hybrids is they're Big. They're they're as big as your hand. Mm, mm. They're just
2: massive flowers, which is a complete contrast to the native ones, isn't it? they <laughs> so tiny. Got,
1: I love that native. I one. love the native And, one and there well. are some really beautiful ones that come out of yeah. New Zealand. Oh really? Mm. Mm. Really beautiful mm. ones come out of New Zealand. Yes, and they're worth. I mean, there's not a clematis that's not worth having. No, they are. Although stunning. some of the Montanas are really really mm. big. Yeah. Elizabeth isn't as big as some of the others. I think I don't. I've got one planted over the red shed just because it's a shed. I think they're too big for me. And I have got the Armandii,
3: which has just finished. My Armandii is, is flowering at the moment, yes. It, yeah, mine's the just first year it, it's flowered for me. It I, hasn't I, been in that long. I so. find it
4: a
1: very, very big plant, which is a problem. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's just it's the only evergreen I can think of. Yeah, mm. Mm, I think it is. I bought from, from Craig at... Um, Gentiana nursery in Olinda The other day, I bought a clematis that is um, doesn't isn't a climber. Mm. It's just a little shrub, oh yes, little, little bushy right. one. one. Yes. I've got two of those in, so it's, I'm looking They're forward. They're lovely. To Some of those one, are lovely. Mm. One I found buried under a whole lot of other things, so I've just rescued it in time. <laughs> ripped everything else out. The <laughs> clematis wins, <laughs> and I'm hoping that it, that those two will go well. Um, but, uh, yes, I've got them everywhere, mm. which I'm very, yeah. very fond of. Yeah. Wonderful. And, of course, you've got your winter flowering ones. I mean, if you're clever yes. with your clematis, you can have a, fla- a clematis flower all year. Yeah. Yes, you can. You know, you've got your winter flowering ones. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your armandii, which flowers very, very early in spring. And yes. just as it finishes. The others take The others. Off, and then you've yeah. got your autumn flowering ones, which yes. tend to be smaller, um, but very cheery, you know, yellows and, and very yeah, if, a lot of them. So the mm. fact that it's a smaller flower doesn't matter. Yeah.
3: I, I had a nepalensis that I I find that a bit weedy. <laughs> uh, y- yes, I have definitely found seedlings about the place, but um, that I had in a pot, so left it and it was under a golden ash. And of course, it's rooted through into the ground. Heaven only knows what's go- how I'm going to um, do anything about that, but that's another story. But it's run up. Through the golden ash, and of course, flowers long before the ash gets its leaves, and it's just spectacular. Yes, it's It's a lovely thing.
1: I ripped mine out because I did find it was traveling. Yes, and
3: I worry about things that travel well, particularly if you're close to the bush. Yeah, Mm.
1: Mm. but the honeywort, the Melianthus major, that travels for me as well. It doesn't, it, it. Travels by seed, but not far. Whereas yep. what I was finding right. with the, well, the Nepalensis probably.
3: was that the well, the seeds can
1: blow. Of yes, course, and I they? was that's yep. why I was yep. worried about it because yes. it was turning up all over the garden, so I ripped it out.
3: Yep. Was, it's the only one that I've, I've imagined. Ripping out a clematis. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. I, I must say I've I've had some seedlings. Um, I hope it hasn't gone any further. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, yes, it could be a problem.
1: And the other thing that I've put up. Which I think is really very very special is my ixias have just started. Oh, lovely! And oh, there we go. I have got the ixia viridiflora, yes, which is the real deep deep greeny blue, mm. and it's not the duck egg blue, which is often called viridiflora, but yes. is actually a hybrid.
2: It looks like a negative yes, coloured flower. With the
3: dark, such, it's a, dark got such centre a dark and a, such a light it's outside. It's gorgeous, yes. It really is lovely. It's a it's most got, unusual colour. It's got
1: the mm. deepest, deepest mm. centre, which is um, a navy blue that's trying to be black. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. And then the, I've just got one of the yellow ones that's popped up. Oh, and lovely. I, and I've got, I have got Ixias right through the garden, so by the time that I'm, my garden is open, they'll all be out. I've only got one little patch out at the moment, so yeah. that's, that's quite exciting. Mm.
0: Now, Virginia, um, <clears throat> while you're talking, uh, Lee uh, from Dandenong wants to know your actual
1: address of your garden for the open garden. It's 50 Linwood Road, Seville, and it is actually on the A to Z, I didn't mean that. It is actually on the Melways. <laughs> that what they use in London? Yes. Yeah, okay. Just <laughs> casually drop that in. Got the wrong one. <laughs> so the actual Melway's <laughs> reference is
0: 305C2. Fantastic. Okay. Now what we should mention as well is the, um, you can get the addresses of the other four gardens that are opening as well as yours by going to the website. And the website is com. And you'll get all the addresses there for the five gardens in total that are opening up
1: on the weekend of 2nd and 3rd of November. And you can go just to one, which is a fiver, or you can go to all five, which is $20. Mm. So if it's good weather. And you can do some of them on the Saturday and some of them on the Sunday. Yeah, that's a good idea. And the middle one will have plants for sale. So I that'll think, be good,
2: do they grow their own plants there or yeah that we we s-
1: we're always swapping plants yeah. in the garden club. It's a great garden club, it's a big garden club, yeah. I tend not to go to the evening meetings. Now, my friend Fiona's moved and I have to go on my own because I don't <laughs> like driving in the country in it the dark, night. So no, it is so no. dark. Well, it's, it's the brightness of the cars coming to you that yeah. I find yeah. quite um, often. Never mind the wildlife.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should also mention that <coughs> there are no toilets in any of the gardens, but there are plenty of public toilets available along the
1: Warburton Highway for that one. And uh, strictly no pets, of course. Yes, I personally don't mind either. Uh, if, if a 3CR garden club, I mean, if a 3CR listener says to me, oh, hi, I'm a 3CR listener, can I use your toilet? I will say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't assume that for the no. other gardens. No, you can't. No. Yeah. No. And it, d- it does, it depends on numbers. And oh, one, of course. And one year when I was in the open garden scheme, um, somebody said, could I use your toilet? And I said, yes. So seven of them walked into the house, yes. and I said, excuse me? I said, one person can go to the toilet, not seven can drapes through my kitchen. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, no, you have, you have to it is, respect... It is, it is a
0: problem it if, is a, yeah. if that happens. It's a private house, and mm. it's only the gardens that are open.
1: Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
2: there's a whole heap of legalities with all that sort of stuff as well, so...
1: Mm.
0: Go to the toilet first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Lucille, of course, in
1: Warburton, there's plenty of, you, you know, yeah, public this is, toilets right yeah. along yeah. the highway mm, too.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. Lucille, let's get back to the Friends' plan sale. Yes. Now we should we should stipulate for our listeners that all proceeds do go back into the garden. Absolutely. So it's a great
3: cause. It certainly is. Um, yes. The the gardens and the Friends have various projects they uh, look after and foster, and our money helps go towards all of that uh, we also the, the catalogue will also be online it should be online oh, from today I don't know whether anyone would like to check but <laughs> the, the web address is rbgfriendsmelbourne or one word .org .au so that's rbgfriendsmelbourne .org .au So, you can have a good look, scour through the catalogue, make a list of what you want, and then be there nice and early for when the gates open at 10 o'clock next Saturday morning.
0: Now, you do also uh, accept cards, plastic, as well as cash
3: these days. Yes, but please bring your own bags and boxes. Yes, that's fair enough. If needs be, yes. Now, what
0: have you found over the years? Because you've you've now been part of these friends' plant sales for a long time. Yes. Um, Are there certain um, plants or groups of plants that you find go first year in, year out? Everyone wants them.
3: What's really popular? I tend to – I'm in the perennials, so I don't see, but sometimes we do have special things – uh, available. Mind you, the catalogue hasn't been online for that many years, so it's That's rather true. hard to, to know. I think most people who are interested in getting something different and interesting like to get there early so that when the gates open at 10, in they come and some of them know what they're looking for others are just looking for something different and interesting. Mm. So I think, I can't really say. Okay. I think it's because ideas sometimes will sell things. They may be looking really good. Other times they won't sell at all. So it's, it's a bit like fashion, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, selling plants can be quite difficult, I think, uh, because you never know what people really want. Fair enough. Um, but so all the
0: friends will be on hand to we give will, advice.
3: And the gardeners, uh, we have... A, Some very kind gardeners who also give up their time to help people at the sale. But yes, uh, certainly all the growing friends, or most of us, will be there and uh, ready to help out. Uh, So we're down in our usual position near the, whoa, what is it? The Tropical Glass House, isn't it? Yes, that's... Inside E-Gate. Yeah, that's the essential piece, E-Gate. Yes, Mm. inside E-Gate. Which is off Birdwood Avenue. It is indeed. Yes. It is indeed. Right in the middle. Yes. Yes, along that area. Yep. So, as I say, we've got a a wonderful variation of plants available. Trees, shrubs, perennials, orchids, camellias, hanging baskets and climbers, bromeliads, succulents, herbs. Oh, and the succulents, we have some lovely agaves this time. So there's several different agaves that'll be um, available. Herbs, there's always a wonderful selection there that Pam looks after so well. And bulbs and rhizomes, um, Jan and Sandy have been telling me that the the clivias are looking really lovely at the moment. And uh, most of them um, are hybrids developed by the Royal Botanic Gardens. Oh, right. And they also have just a few white blotillas for any early birds so if okay. you want those you'll have to be in early and also some lovely large pots of hippiastrum, astrum papillo in flower now this is a lovely one papillo you imagine a wonderful um hippie flower it's quite a big lily like flower And these ones are green and very dark red, and they are beautiful. Mm. Green and burgundy, they're Mm. stunning. Mm. they really are. Mm. Just Mm. beautiful. Mine are nowhere near looking like budding, let alone flowering. I've never bought one because they're (laughs) so expensive. (laughs) 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 I think I must have scrounged a few babies. Actually, I think I got some from my mother originally, and uh, she used to just... Let neglect them in Melbourne but I keep them on a terrace where they get protection from the winter So, and they do, they've, they've been growing and flowering well over the last few years, So, but it's a, they're a long way off at the moment for me okay. but anyway, if you're interested we have some available for the plant sale
0: Excellent, excellent Now did you
3: also mention ferns? Uh, no, I no didn't ferns. We, ca- we do sometimes have some ferns, so there could be some there
0: Okay and what about the orchids?
3: Uh, yes, there will be some orchids, as far as I know. Uh, we certainly have a lovely selection of bromeliads available as well. And, of course, the Australian natives. Yes. Yep. Fantastic. So, good selection there. For, and sun and shade lovers. Uh, so, oh, something for everyone, I think.
1: Great. Well, I've put one other one up on Facebook, which is a honeysuckle. I will just show everyone in here. It's a shrub rather than a um, oh. a climber. Which one? Well, this, I think that it's um, tatarica, but okay. I don't actually know. I've never seen it in Melbourne. The only Ooh. place I've ever seen it is I went to a guides conference Ooh. in uh, Canberra, and we had a trip out to the Monaro High Plains and it was in every single garden there. Obviously they there was about five gardens open and <laughs> you know a yeah. very country, so that obviously shared it amongst themselves. Mm. It obviously
3: survives well in those yeah. tough, tough conditions. <laughs> tough. conditions. Yeah. Mm. And it is
1: absolutely beautiful. Mm. So I've put it on Facebook hoping somebody will look at it and say, Yes, you are right. If it is this if, if it is that one, it comes from Siberia. Okay, so why it's so happy? Well, I suppose Siberia is very hot, isn't it? It's it hot summers and, and very cold winters. winters yeah. yes, which is exactly what Monaro is. And it's very happy in my place. And it's got a lovely soft greyishness to the, the leaves, which I've mm. got that round honeysuckle leaf. It's, it's very pretty. And it's near the Judas tree, which I have to say, the Judas tree for me is the hardiest thing I've got. It went through the drought like nothing else. At Mm. no stage did it shake. Mm. Dry? I haven't noticed it, sir. (laughs) That was wonderful. And it's in in flower at the moment, looking beautiful. And, of course, it has that extremely round leaf Mm. sitting next to this honeysuckle with this grey-green round leaf. It's very, very pretty. It's a really pale pink flower. Very soft, pale pink flower. It's beautiful. It's lovely. I think it's honeysuckle tartarica, if anyone knows. Please let Let me me know. know. (laughs) Do you snack on the nectar of the honeysuckle flowers?
2: Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. I've got a few around the garden. My nana showed me if you are hungry and you're out in the garden, so you you pick off a flower, and if you pull out that middle bit, the middle bit. My botanical names are escaping me. There's a tiny drop of nectar that'll come off the end of it, and if you suck the bottom of the flower you mm. get a little bit more nectar as well. It's really, su- obviously really sweet.
1: Mm. Yes. Well, when we were kids, we used to do that to the oxalis.
2: Yeah. Oh, really? Chew on the, yeah. uh, not the, Chew on the stems? S-
1: chew on the stems. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I've, have you noticed that there is, oxalis is the obviously the weedy species, mm. is getting even weedier and weedier. It's turning Tuesdays? up everywhere. It is. It's everywhere, everywhere. now. My little. only theory is that people are too time poor to spend more time in their garden these days and it is just, they just don't, oxalis isn't getting controlled. But I mm. notice
1: it in the paddocks. W- what Around, around the valley, it's in the paddocks. I mean,
3: the, the paddocks are just yellow at the moment they with the
1: capeweed have, and the
3: oxalis. Yeah. yeah, and they also, I think, have fairly explosive seed pods, which of course, the m- more you, well, they split. And I think throw the I'm, seed. I've
2: never seen the seed of of them, so I which one? And they do
3: spread by seed. Yes, because right. I'm. Is I'm. Very of course, ca- if you attempt so to dig them up, you leave the, the bulb. Well, behind. obviously, it's no. hard. To, it, yeah, no. it's
0: incredibly hard to dig up. But,
1: but you've but got to chop. You've got to chop it out. I take before it flowers. I take yeah. the yes. flowers. I'm absolutely make sure the flowers come off because of yes. that. Yep. I was in um, Perth. A couple of weeks ago, for a garden conference, the gu- guides of the Botanic, mm. and I spoke to one of the um, one of the big. They have real problems with South African bulbs, partly yes, because would,
3: their climate is very akin, isn't it? Mm. Yes,
1: and 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 also the Brits, when they came, they would come from Britain to South Africa, sell whatever they had in the hold, fill the hold up with sand, come to Perth, dump all the sand, and fill it up oh, with jarrah. My gosh. So I in that sand happens, was, yeah. was um, gladioli, were <laughs> freesias, were oxalis. Mm. Yeah. And, they, and he said nightmare. the yeah. only thing that he'd ever For managed them. to kill oxalis with was Roundup mixed with urea. Oh. So I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it have probably one. I wouldn't be doing it at all. <laughs> can you imagine spreading Roundup? that wide no way mm. yeah, no way I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't be recommending that at well all. I, I i don't use roundup on anything except yeah. blackberries i've stopped using mm. it as well mm. yeah, yeah just no it's really yeah. not worth the risk no
0: particularly as a spray where you've got no control oh, all over the drift yes mm. exactly yeah, yeah.
2: I, I have used i have used slasher on it before i mean slasher doesn't ki- totally kill a plant but if you keep if you sort of keep onto it, that's the thing with Oxalis. You've got to
3: keep onto it. Yes. Well, you're
0: probably at least weakening the plant. Yes. yes. If you well, keep...
3: I, I just pull... I've got a little patch in my garden and rather than... Is that all? Yes. <laughs> Gosh, you're lucky. You yes, I've lucky. got loads of the Romulia though, ah. Ah. sadly. Um, but if you... The other thing you can keep doing is if you pull it out all the time, you're weakening the bulb. You'll probably yeah. end up yes, killing it. Yes, yeah. But it's something, of course, if you've got a huge patch, you're fighting a, a battle. Oh, you are. And
2: they grow up in between. and If you've got oh, you know, rocks in your garden yes. or pebbles, you know you yes. use pebbles as a mulch and they grow up in between. And, and they love know, growing, possible.
3: growing yeah. up in between
1: the iris. Mm, and that, yeah, well, I find it's, that it's really It's a bit it, like
3: the, any perennial grass that gets in amongst yeah. things. You've literally got to dig them all yeah. out. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. then replant yeah. to get rid of the grass. Just, and the same with the oxalis It's one of those things you just
2: have to stay on top of. And yes. I just don't think people spend that much or enough
3: time well, in their very garden Well, it's a boring anymore. job too. Yeah, it's, very, it's a crappy job. It's a dreadful job. <laughs>
2: yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't think people are controlling it as much anymore. And it's getting mm. out of control. Yep. And the little white flowered oxalis, the weedy white flower as well. I've seen a lot of that around lately too.
1: Growing in between. I haven't. But I've got in my bottom paddock, I've noticed I've got a very, very flat to the ground oxalis. Oh, there's a little
3: creeping one, Very
1: bright, bright pink flowers. Oh, that pink one, yes.
3: I've seen that in some lawns as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is is kind of cute. Mm. But then, you know, in Britain, they'd think if they saw the yellow oxalis, they'd be absolutely thrilled.
3: Oh, I remember going to Chelsea donkey's years ago, the Chelsea flower show. And there was a pescapre on the show bench, and I remember being absolutely horrified. Mm. But there it was, in pride of position, in a lovely pot, flowering. Oh,
2: my goodness. (laughs) I would have had a conniption.
3: Yes, (laughs) I almost did.
4: (laughs)
2: Well, we must say good morning to John in Melton. Hello there.
4: Hello there. Hi, John.
2: Is
3: that the wicked Mr. Bentley?
4: (laughs) It is Mr. Bentley. (laughs) I I heard um, Chloe talking about Indagopher Australis um, uh, earlier, and um, it's certainly one plant we use in the Milton Botanic Garden, especially in the Victorian Volcanic Plains and the Indigenous People's Garden, because it has um, a couple of um, Aboriginal uses. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually say to people did you know this is an Aboriginal fishing plant? And I asked them how it was used because mm-hmm. if you if you don't prune it back, it does get long canes on it yeah. and it can look like a fish pod, so a lot of people suggest that. But um, the leaves were crushed, the roots were crushed and thrown in a water hole yeah. and the fish then just float to the surface and you pick them up.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
4: So it uh, just depletes the oxygen in the water, but it's a much easier way of fishing than uh, the <laughs> <a little laughs> whole world. It's <down>. <laughs> a good way of getting rid of
1: carp if you've got too much <laughs> carp yes. in your. Yeah, oh, yes,
4: yes, we've got a lot of carp in the Milton Botanic Garden in the big lake. Yes, mm. um, right. and the other one is um, you can get a, a purple uh, indigo dye from the leaves and the flowers and things. so oh, But right. it does look quite stunning at the moment, so it's mm. uh, it, it is lovely. Yeah, Fantastic. and it is tough if if you're in the west you can buy it from um, Newport Lakes native nursery that's certainly worth a visit and to walk around the, the Newport Lakes and have a look at what's being done there as well great but, interesting. but I, I'd like to congratulate Lucille she did a wonderful job at the Garden Lovers Fair last week we um, are also on the plant trust committee and we had a marquee um, uh, just letting people know about plant trust but, um, Lucille uh, did a wonderful job with uh, the task she was assigned with. She might like to tell you what she had. <laughs> a sanitary Thank you, supervisor, John. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, the blue uh, Monitor. Yeah, yeah. That was lovely. And, <laughs> and I'd also like to congratulate uh, Lucille on becoming one of the newest members of the Friends of the Melton Botanic Gardens. Oh, fantastic.
3: <laughs> Thank you, John. When
4: and, I... And I And I heard you talk about Ceanothus Yankee Point. Mm -hmm. Um, We planted that in the Milton Botanic Garden in our Californian Central South American bed um, just late last year. And it's absolutely stunning. It's flowering um, at the moment. It's about a metre high. So it's grown really well. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it doesn't get too high and it'll spread out. It is just absolutely stunning blue.
1: Fantastic, yes. All right. I was, I was in Perth recently, and the mallies were absolutely fabulous. Are your mallies a lot of them in flower it, at the it, moment?
4: Everything's looking good. I um, took a guided tour yesterday for um, a group from Ashburton Way, and um, the flowers that were out were just fantastic. I mean, there's mm. preciana, mm. That's absolutely stunning at the oh. moment, too.
2: Yeah, yes, I was thinking a yellow. Oh, it's beautiful yellow. <laughs> it is incredible, that one. It, have you got, is it the subspecies preciana or
1: is it Labarta that you've got there? It's
4: subspecies preciana that one, and there is labata there as well. Yeah,
1: they're a beautiful eucalypt. Because I was yeah. so excited by the, the, the eucalypt malleys in, in Western Australia in the Kings Park. Kings Park is the largest inner-city in garden in the world. Really, oh, because it's a bit really of that bushland. Because I've got all that and bushland and they're yeah. so yeah. close in. And it was absolutely beautiful. But yeah. I, I did think about Melton when I was there because the Malleys were so excellent and I thought, Oh, I must go and have a look at Melton. I haven't yeah. been for a while. I haven't been to Melton for a while, John. We'll have to come and visit Virginia
4: <laughs> and I. Yeah, let's <laughs> do a trip, Chloe. Yes. <laughs> So, so Melton does hold a plant national collection of dryland eucalypts. So there's over 100 species
1: of right. dryland
4: eucalypts. And we've just released um, version two of the booklet on all of the eucalypts in the Arboretum and some in the Botanic Garden. And that's available, you can download it from the Friends of the Melton mm. um, website.
2: Excellent. Well, you guys do amazing work over there. I mean the Melton Botanic Gardens is just absolutely mind blowing. The amount of species that you've got mm-hmm. and all the eucalypts that you have is just It's
1: exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. It's, exciting. It? it's such
3: a it credit is. to all it's of you. A wonderful guys. job. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: All right. Lovely. Give yourself a pat okay. on the back, John. <laughs> oh well, give, give everyone a pat on the back. And so that's a it. wonderful team of volunteers and things. Yeah. We've got yeah. probably over ninety active volunteers. Yes, now. that's mm. phenomenal. Uh, and we always welcome everyone, so we're always looking for people and uh, try to give them parts of the garden if that's where they want to work, to look after and work with other people. Fantastic. And they get, get a great sense of ownership
2: too. Yes. yes. Yeah. It would yes. be fantastic great for the idea. community. Yeah. Yeah. To have everyone involved
0: like that. Okay, good to hear from you, John.
4: Okay, all right, thank you. Thanks, Thanks. John. thank Bye. you, John.
0: Bye. Um, a couple of uh, uh, events I should uh, mention while I've still got time. Uh, these ones are coming up, but uh, certainly well worthwhile mentioning. First up, um, Fernie Creek uh, Horticultural Society have got their flower festival coming up on the weekend of 26th and 27th of October. Uh, It'll be from noon till 4 on the Saturday, from 10 till 4 on the Sunday. Entry is $5 with under-14s free. And as usual, uh, the show will be in the hall uh, within the gardens and parking for the event is also in the grounds. Um, There should be a good display of spring flowers such as rhododendrons, azaleas, iris, roses and lots more. Um, They're at 100 Hilton Road East Sassafras Uh, Food will be available throughout the duration of the show Plus a sausage sizzle Sausage sizzle As (laughs) always they have a good sausage sizzle I've been told (laughs) There will be garden walks and two plant stalls will be well stocked with goodies Including some fairly rare offerings The craft ladies have been working very hard to create some interesting bits and pieces And there will be a cut flower stall as well So that's coming up on um, 26th and 27th of October. Now also on that same weekend, um, the Cranbourne Friends of the Royal Botanic Gardens have got their spring plant sale on. And uh, this is 10 till 4 on both days of 26th and 27th of October. The location, of course, is Royal Botanic Gardens, Victoria, Cranbourne, corner of Bellato Road and Botanic Drive in Cranbourne, They'll have a wide range of Australian plants in tubes and larger pots for sale as well, priced from $3 upwards. So that's all uh, coming up. And, uh, of course, uh, there is also um, a huge plant fair and garden expo coming up 26th and 27th of October as well, up at Wandon, 125 Quail Road in Wanden. 10am through to 5pm on both days and uh, they're going to have uh, major speakers it will be Jane Edmondson and Philip Johnson as well there'll be a whole host of stallholders, uh, and that includes um, uh, specialists in cacti and succul- succulents, landscaping, permaculture, unusual plants, There'll be demonstrations on bulb division, orchid repotting, rose pruning and you can hear talks uh, by top growers on edibles, indoor plants, natives, perennials, succulents and permaculture and of course lots of food, local wine and craft beers. So that's all taking place uh, that same weekend of 26th, 27th of October, 125 Quail Road in Wondon. And the uh, salvia group will be out there as well, uh, mm-hmm. so if you want to grab hold of some salvias, head up to that one. Okay, uh, we've just—I think there's one plant I haven't mentioned, Claire, uh, Chloe. There. That, there's uh, there's two, two. that I've got. So well, we've only got a I'll couple be quick. of minutes, I'll so be quick. very quick. The,
2: the other, the third pea um, P family plant they're boarding is called Eutaxia obovata. Um, this is the nana form so the the dwarf shrub form it's one of those plants that again you don't really it's just a nice plant when it's not in flower but when it flowers everyone's like what is this plant that is flowering it looks (laughs) amazing it is totally covered in the typical egg and bacon pea flowers at the moment from like up the entire stem of the plant it is a beautiful little mounded shrub that you is naturally mounded and stays quite dense about a meter a meter by a meter grows in a wide range of soils and um semi-shade to full sun and it will just it will just do its own thing and keep Mm -hmm. on surviving so it's called eutaxia e-u-t-a-x-i-a ob ovata and yeah a lot of people have sent me photos recently saying what's this plant called and it's it's Eutaxia. Mm. There
1: are some mm. very nice Eutaxia, aren't there? Yeah, mm.
2: yeah. It's a it's a stunning plant. It grow, yeah, it grows all over Australia, or at least southeastern Australia. Um, a lot, a lot. It's a very, very common plant, but it should be planted more. It's and it's not, <laughs> not
1: common in gardens. No. And it is lovely. And another yeah. one that you can find some really interesting ones at Karanga. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah um Karenga has I know it's grown the the nana species is grown by um a touch of class plant so it, it does turn up in retail nurseries a little bit more often now um pati- but more particularly when it's in flower and it mm, is it yeah. does look nice in a pot because it has nice you know it's tidy. lime green foliage yeah. and it's very tidy yeah <laughs> correct and and the label, unfortunately, pops out at you with the bright pea flowers on it.
1: There is something about having tidy plants. They do like tidy plants in places like Bunnings. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I like yeah. untidy plants. <laughs> 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 mm. And
0: the other one? And what? the last
2: one I bought in is called Bowera Cecilia flora. It is endemic to the grampians, bright pink oh. magenta flowers on it. Um, it's quite an open shrub with long stems on it that get these magenta flowers that grow that go all the way up the stem. That would be nice. Yeah, it it grows in um, sort of damp gully areas of the Grampians. <laughs> Not suitable for my place. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but it, it can take a, an out like a little bit of dryness in summer, but it does really well in sort of semi shaded spots. Um, <coughs> excuse me, with um, yeah in in rocky Yeah, rocky, But not under a gum tree. Probably. You know, in the grampians, there's a lot of gum trees. It probably is growing under them, but there would be a a spot that is probably wet Mm. most of the year around. Um, Beautiful, bright, bright um, pop of colour. The Mm. colour's lovely. It it is harder to find, um, but because the Bower rubioides is the more well-known species, more Widely sold, and that's a, a smaller plant. Whereas the Barousesia flor is probably more of a, a medium-sized shrub. I wish it was sold more because the colour of the flowers is absolutely beautiful, and it is be, it's a nice open shrub as well. Um, can be pruned really well, and it'll, to keep it a little bit dense. But um, you know, the long stems when they do get flowers on them, they just they're yeah they're absolutely beautiful. Stop you it. dead. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Excellent We've yeah. just got time Lucille for you to remind
3: listeners where and when and all the details of the Friends Plant sale. Great, thank you Pam Well, next weekend Saturday and Sunday the 19th and 20th of October at the Botanic Gardens in Melbourne inside E-Gate on Birdwood Avenue that's Melway reference 2LC2 and it's open from 10 to 4 on Saturday 10 till 3 on Sunday. And we have a wonderful wide range of all sorts of plants, including Australian natives, uh, bulbs and rhizomes, herbs, succulents, bromeliads, trees, shrubs, perennials, camellias, climbers and hanging baskets. So something for everyone, sun or shade. And we look forward to seeing everybody there. And don't forget the catalogue is on the website, it should be on the website from now, and that was RBG friends, Melbourne, all one word, dot org dot au. So looking forward to seeing loads of uh, 3CR listeners there next week.
0: And bring your own bags or yes, please.
3: boxes or whatever Absolutely. to take them home in. Yep, yes, yep. please.
0: Fantastic. Okay, well, we have run out of time for another week. Uh, a huge thank you to the panel, and also to Louise, who's been handling all the phone calls this morning and doing a great job. Uh, We will, of course, be back next Sunday morning at 7.30. So until then, bye for now.
2: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.